Hello and welcome to the F24 podcast. My name is David and each week I'll be having creatives of all sorts come over to my studio in North Acton to talk about their lives and interactions with London culture and creativity. This is F24. This week's chat is with Ed Tizer. Ed is a London culture animal and you've probably seen him everywhere and at everything. I met him in 96 on the 31 bus route where he was sitting on the back of the bus and asked me if I wrote. We've been mates ever since. Here's his London culture and creativity story. You can check his workout at Tizer ID on Instagram whilst you're listening. And we recorded this in March 2018. There was a guy who was going around doing, you know, when Hiroshima happened, yeah. uh, the only things that were left in the cities were the shadows of people who were yeah. incinerated, basically. Yeah. So, like, he was doing these kind of shadows on the walls and wow. they were like, oh, oh, like, kind of ban the bomb stuff. Chapter one, London. As always, we start right at the beginning. Ed brings us back to the late 70s in the US and we hear about his early years there and his move to South London in the early 80s. He fills us in what the streets were like in South London, five pence bus journeys, punk skinheads, and his introduction to music. Easy Ed, mate. Thanks for coming, man. So let's start at the beginning. Where are you from? I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska, right in the middle of America. Um, yeah, I mean, my, well, my mum, she wanted to produce television. Okay. And um, in the 60s, uh, there weren't any female uh, producers in England. So she moved to Chicago. So she's English? Yeah. Okay, and my cool. dad was American. So. so she moved to Chicago? Yeah. And then she met, she started her own TV show out there, which was like a, it was just kind of like a talk show. Um, she was able to have like people like the birds and uh, wow. different bands like that wow. um on on her show and uh my parents were so that's both... what she got to do what she wanted to do she yeah, got yeah. to be a, a female producer in that industry in the yeah, 60s yeah. um so th- so that was really kind of important for her kind of growth and stuff like that and that's um around that time was when she met my dad and uh they were really against the vietnam war um, so, um, and both of them were, I found later on were both of my parents were Black Panthers. Amazing. Um, and they were best friends with a guy called Fred Hampton, who's the leader of the Black Panther in Chicago in the sixties. And the police, uh, shot him in his bed and yeah. he was 21 years old. Cause I was always told that it was a pro-black movement. That's not the case. After my mum told me was that it was a pro-people movement trying to help the poor and uh, the unfortunate people of America. Yeah, who weren't getting any help. Yeah. So your mum and dad met, they were obviously on the same type of vibe. Yeah, and, um, I think more kind of, I mean, I know my dad was political, but I think it was more my mum mm-hmm. who was like trying to, was pushing it. I bet he was fully involved on board, as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so then you were born in Nebraska? You've well, got my, a brother. My, yeah, my brother um, Shucks was born in Chicago and then, um, my dad at the time was an illustrator, um, and he wasn't getting enough work when my mum fell pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. So um, my gr- grandparents on the American side, uh, my grandfather had a electricity company mm-hmm. um, that was quite successful, and that he was like, "Why don't you move to Nebraska, and I'll give you a job and right. get you paid properly." Yeah. You know? So my parents moved to Nebraska. Um, and unfortunately my dad, uh, became a violent alcoholic. Um, and yeah, we had to leave 
So. so you were born in Nebraska, and you had how long were you there for? I, I was there till I was seven, and my brother was nine. And so, do you, I'm wondering, and I might be off here, but I wonder if he was an illustrator and a creative guy, and then obviously yeah. I don't know this man, illustrator, yeah. creative guy, and then got he's obviously got the understanding of people as well, and under, you know the love for people, and then maybe put into a job that wasn't that. It's just a job, and not yeah. a job's a job. It's not just a job, yeah. but it's if you're a creative person. Yeah, that's a difficult. I wonder how much that affected him. Yeah, I probably did because I like, mean, no excuses we, for your behaviour. You're a man yeah. or a woman. You've got to stand up for what you've done and yeah. step into the, bring into this world. Yeah, but I sure. wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I can imagine that. I mean, me and my brother used to watch him draw, and we were fascinated by that. And because we didn't live anywhere near friends that we went to school with or family friends um me and my brother played together a lot but then we would draw a lot Wicked. just just because that was something so what were those like nebraska man like so what did you have a front yard and uh well we we moved around a lot okay in in nebraska yeah um so do you remember it yeah well i remember every single house because it was really different yeah. so and then when i moved to england i i we missed well. I missed my father so much that I tried to remember every so detail you really I could. I can kept it in. Well, it, when we moved to England, we moved to to Sydenham um, in '82. Mm. So that was so different from where we were from that it was my early childhood memories are quite strong because it was so separate yeah. from. And I suppose what was like. I, I mean, yeah. For such a completely, completely different layout of land as well. Like I can't. Yeah. I've never been to Nebraska, but I can imagine there's a lot of space. Yeah, you can see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There is space. <laughs> Sydenham hasn't got any space. No. Uh, and well, <laughs> well, we lived in just Sydney. that one. Fact. Yeah, and mean, there must be a million yeah. other things. I mean, well, we lived. We we moved into my aunt and uncle's house with um, my cousins. Who? Okay. My eldest cousin was ten years older than me, and then it was so he was. 17 and you were seven. Uh, so my, is this is this family is this mum's family yeah this is my uh so basically my aunt was a well is a famous uh midwife who started midwifery in this country oh, in the amazing. 60s, so um which is illegal in america so whenever she went to america she had to pretend that she had a different job because she would have been arrested which is crazy isn't it <laughs> <It's> deep so... <laughs> breath exhale <laughs> Yeah, but um, but yeah, basically, my granny kind of got wind of our situation and sent my aunt to go and stay with us for a month. Your situation being that, listen, my daughter's not enjoying this marriage with this guy. Yeah, well, it was, he's he's a we, dick. We we need to get him back. Well, I mean, it was actually my mother had a conversation with my grandmother, and um, he was, uh. She was like, oh, how's Dennis? And my mum my went, oh, he's okay. And that was the first time my mother had ever said anything negative about my dad. So okay. she was like, you need to go over there and see what's going on. Right. My aunt stayed with us for a month and realised how bad our situation was. So you've, you've come back to England and obviously under quite, quite very sad circumstances. Yeah. And you've had a bit of a mad time out there in Nebraska. But you said that you watched your dad draw. Yeah. So... Was that a seed of some sort? Did oh, you, definitely. you take that back to England with you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like my my mother want, wanted to, 
when she was younger, she wanted to be an artist. So she went, she tried to get into the university she wanted to and uh, was refused. Mm -hmm. So then she chose a different path. And I think that might have been one of the reasons why my mum dated an illustrator was because she wanted... That was the world she loved. Yeah. She loved, yeah, she loved art. My dad and my mum would take us to, like, exhibitions or... Uh, there used to be, like, this old 30s cinema that uh, would play black and white films and they'd uh, they play silent movies. Mm. So my, my dad was taking us to see, like, Buster Keaton films when we were children. And, um, and then... They were always trying to show us yeah. art and yeah. film. So and they were a cultural like lot and they instilled yeah. quite a lot into you. Yeah, so sure. you're in Sydenham, you're at your auntie's house, you're yeah. showing with 17-year-old cousins and yeah. your and brother's a bit older than you. Yeah. And two, my two younger cousins were punks at the time. So um, when, when I was seven, I was, like before we moved to England, I was into kind of like Hall of Notes and... Uh, ACDC and um, the police and kind of and was this blondie music and that stuff like at that. Home? Yeah, music's definitely something you're going to enjoy. Yeah, and those are the first bits. And you're listening to. so when we moved to England, my cousins introduced us to like ska and punk and reggae, and then my eldest cousin was into like electro and David Bowie and all wow. that kind of stuff. And so you got chucked quite a yeah. Range. So so by the time so from the age of seven, like. All of the pop music that was coming out, like Wham and yeah. all of those kind of bands, we were like Ross. No, that was way yeah, after. It. Yeah, but um, we yeah, were just Ross like, man, this fucking Ross. sucks, man. Like, I want to hear something that was like aggressive music. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was because we felt that we were being taught. And I suppose also you, yeah, you were seeing stuff that was chucked at you commercially, but you knew through your family that yeah. there is reggae and there's ska and there's rock and there's yeah, and so, so a good eye opener. So, how old are you by the time you realise art and music well, are part of what you're going to be? Uh, my my cousin was um, really into comics, so I, I think I was pissing him off when I was seven, like really annoying him, and he just threw me this comic, mm. and it was uh, the fa fabulous Fury, Furious Freak Brothers, <laughs> and. You're not supposed to be reading that not when that you're age, seven. Uh, no. Do you know what I mean? So like, I was like, "What's this? It's got like drugs and tits." And, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, "This is the best shit ever." <laughs> so like, I've got pictures of me at school when I'm like eight years old yeah. with like Fat Freddy Cat's T-shirt yeah. and stuff like that, and I shouldn't be you wearing, wearing that, that shit stuff, at man. that time. That's cool. So, is your brother into the same type of stuff as you? Yeah, fully. Like we. Um, at the same age, like he's a couple yeah, years old. Yeah, well, you, I mean, he, we were both really into punk, and then my mum's boyfriend um, gave us one of those kind of like radio yeah. Walkmans, the really yeah. budget ones. Yes, yeah. you know, small little radios with a yeah. little wire and yeah, a headphone, and one yeah. headphone. Yeah, with just like a, yeah, yeah, the, the fluffy yeah, yeah. Um, earphones. Eighty six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I remember this one night we were both in bed because we were listening to yeah. our Walkmans, and then. I was secretly listening to a hip hop radio show and I, I like took my earphones off and I could hear that my brother was listening to the same thing and I was like, Are you into hip hop? And he was like, Uh uh yeah. And I was like, Oh right. And then we both realised that we could tell each other that we, we both could... started like listening to hip hop. So what, what what were you then? Eight, nine, ten? Yeah, eight 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 or nine, yeah, something like that. And um, you Well, my because 
basically my cousin um his favorite band were the clash at the time okay. and um future came to london and did a piece yep. and he took us to west london to have a look at it um and he wasn't really into graffiti he was doing kind of punk style graffiti yep. um just doing tags but not kind of american style tags, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like block letter yeah. things that was the kind of the first writers were those yeah. skinheads and rockers and so on like yeah, that. yeah exactly yeah yeah Why so like when when i first he showed us that yeah and we saw him doing tags and we were like oh my god you're drawing on something that's not yours whoa kind and of you thing. can do that as well yeah you, you look at a future piece and you're like oh shit because that's well, much more than a we, tag, ne obviously. we never really looked at it before then and yeah. then there was this guy in south london he was doing these kind of um I think it's kind of the first type of street art that I would probably say that there was. It was like, there was a guy who was going around doing, you know, in, when Hiroshima happened, yeah. uh, the only things that were left in the cities were the shadows of people who were yeah. incinerated, yeah. basically. And because of the the scare tactics of Russia and America going to war in England, that we were under constant threat of nuclear attack um cold war yeah yeah and so people were on high alert and fucking scared yeah do you know what i mean yeah. and um so like he was doing these kind of shadows on the walls and wow. we were like oh, oh like kind of ban the bomb stuff yeah 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 and then so we started looking at kind of tags and then this one day we were um we were walking to, my cousin used to walk us to school yeah and on his estate we came around the corner and there was a, a funk piece with a afro character with ski goggles like just the face Stancing. just the yeah, face yeah, okay, yeah, you yeah. know like yeah, the yeah, head yeah. with the goggles yeah. with the kind of yeah. um the and we were like classes, what yeah. the fuck like that wasn't there yesterday yeah. and like i turned around to my cousin and i was like oh what does funk mean and he was like I don't know, it's some kind of bullshit soul music. And me and my brother just looked at each other and we were like, but that's the best shit I've ever seen, <laughs> ever. Do you know what I mean? So, all right, well, look, before we get in too deep into the graph thing, just... Um, so you start off in Sydenham. Yeah, and, and then, then, then we moved to kind of Hernhill Brixton. Hernhill Brixton. Uh, and then you, you like, kind of pretty much stayed there then. Yeah, we I stayed, know you to be from Brixton. Yeah, 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 yeah. well, so I stayed there till I was 17 and I got... Okay, so... The, from the ages of so, so you're, you're in london properly you're fully acclimatized you're here you understand this is going to be my life now you're 10 11 years old and you, you've been introduced to music and you've seen this graffiti on the streets of some sorts and but but at that time it was so racist oh yeah so Do you know what i mean like, and especially down in brixton yeah yeah i mean but there was like skinheads on the street and because my cousins were punks yeah skinheads were fire. trying to yeah. attack us so yeah. like from the age of seven me and my brother were like throwing rocks at <laughs> skinheads Wicked. like racist skinheads yeah, not yeah. scar boys no. but and like we were constantly like you fucking septic cunt and like do you know what i mean yeah. it was like or yank boy or and were you traveling like, mainly around south london uh yeah but i mean this is way before we started getting Exploring. into doing graffiti we, yeah. we were looking at it by this point yeah you know, but so. i want to know about i, I want to know what you were seeing so you, you're talking about the skinheads and that in the early 80s by the time you started really roaming the city, you were starting out in South. Do you remember yeah. like your first trip across the river? Yeah, I, well, because my mum, my mum started working for the film industry, uh -huh. um, 
really early on when we first moved here. So um, I remember having to her giving me um, five p to get on the bus. Wicked. And she was like, "You have to sit next to the conductor," and me shitting it like. She was like, you have to tell the conductor that you have to get off at Regent Street. And we, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going into <laughs> central London. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you had to go up there and meet her? Yeah, yeah. But that was like the first time yeah, I yeah. traveled by Amazing. myself on the on the bus. And it was, I was young, man. I was yeah. like fucking eight or yeah. some shit. Yeah. But, you know, like back then, everybody, kids were on the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like nowadays. Now that'd be a hor- horrifying sight nowadays. Yeah. Well, and people would think it's a horrifying sight. Yeah. Listen, man, I put my son on trains from a young age. I wasn't having it. Mm. I, they and buses, you've got they've got to see the city, man. Yeah, of course. And but you know, like the thing was, is it was back then you knew who the local pedophile was because all the kids were like, "Oh, it's that <laughs> fucking him. pedo." Yeah, exactly. But nowadays, all the kids don't. No. They're all like mollycoddled, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't, know who, the, they don't know who the dangerous yeah. people are. So you, you could be out there, you could be on a bus at eight years old, nine years old, and you could walk up to a conductor and say, listen, I'm going to see my mum, I need to get yeah. off at Regent Street. And he'd be like, no worries, son, you sit there, I've got you. Yeah. If you said that to a bus conductor now, they're probably not allowed. Yeah. They, they, they could probably say no, but their heart might be massive and think, I, I wish I could help, I'm not allowed. Yeah. And also you can't sit in a conductor anymore in these buses. Yeah. But that's what London was like. You're right. We were out there. Yeah, the kids so like, were out on the street enjoying it. Yeah. So we were like constantly out. Like, I mean, <coughs> we were well, I was really jealous of friends of mine when I was younger that and now looking back at it, I realised like we used to be like, Oh, that kid can stay out till it's really late. <laughs> but um I realised that their parents didn't really give a shit about them. And my mum was like, you need to be home at this yeah. time. It was we always have to have dinner together. Together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like she, yeah. she made it so we had to have dinner with her, which I think is really important for a family unit. You don't get it at that drugs. age, but you're right. At that age, you're like, mum, I don't want to come home at half seven. Like yeah. That's that's right. prime time. While I'm out, that's prime time. You're bringing me home at half. That's what it's like for me on the estate. And, but and then you're, she was right as well. The kids that'd stay out super late, they'd be really be glamorized. Yeah. You as a young kid, like, oh my god, man. Yeah, but then he's out there. Like yeah. he can be out there till eleven o'clock, and he's fine. And uh, and then you realize actually, home life isn't all that, man. And yeah, yeah. You're going home for dinner, which is yeah. great. You could probably come back out after, and then make sure you get home at a certain time and get into that nice bed and relax. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it. I don't know. I, 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 I feel really lucky that I'm the age that I am because I, I, I saw a lot of things happen when, mm. like the kind of birth of things, really. Mm. Do you know what mm. I mean? So I was lucky to see like the kind of birth of British hip hop and birth of British graffiti. Chapter two, culture. I think Ed was made to soak up culture. He seems to take note and learn from a wide array of them, and I'm sure they play a part in his main love, graffiti. He brings us to the South London buses of the 80s, what Brixton and South Bank were like, jumping into skateboarding, and giving himself quotas and tags whilst roaming the city. I saw a lot of things happen, mm. like the kind of birth of things, really, mm. do you know what mm. I mean? So I was lucky to see like the kind of birth of British hip-hop and the birth of British graffiti. You know, like, and and so, we started later on. We started when we in like eighty eight, eighty nine, when yeah. I was like twelve, thirteen, and um, 
but you, it was something you were looking at and taking note yeah. of and so, understanding. So we were, yeah. we were, because South London had crazy like wild style tags, yeah. much more than kind of uh, West, mm -hmm. like West London. Like they, I'm not saying that it was better or it's, no, it's bad, what worse. You saw, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was, yeah. But South London had a definite kind of Unique wild style, style yeah. bus bombing because we didn't have many tube lines. Yeah. We had buses and uh, slam doors. Yeah. So, you know, we were trying to read script tags and like figuring out and then realizing that when we went into central London that certain guys were in central London, we were like, oh my God, these people are traveling yeah. to do their graffiti. And we were like... Isn't it nuts though, man? I wonder how... Well, it's not similar at all for a South London writer now because bus bombing isn't a thing. Mm. And obviously, not there hasn't been added really tube lines. It was more overground down there now. Yeah, in the south, but still, it, it was leathered. Back in, it, it was a completely the city was completely different in the eighties yeah. and early nineties, and it, the split was really real. And when I looked into my graffiti history, when I got into graph and you know early to mid nineties, and then understanding about the history of South London and its bus bombing, and the fact that I didn't get to see it because I didn't travel down there. Yeah. I'm so glad I know about it. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no, you can't see a, any remnants of it now. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Well, it, it was crazy because it would stink. Yeah. Like the, the top deck would stink yeah. and you couldn't see through the windows because it was battered. Like even the seen. ceilings yeah. were battered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, was... we had, we had wicked bus routes on the Kilburn High Road. And I remember, I do remember tags on the buses, but not, nothing like in the photos I've seen. And obviously, well, I was even too young to really remember yeah. proper bus, bus bombing. But. but there isn't many photographs. And no, plus, you know, the, also the thing was, is like, I mean, my mum, when I was 16, gave me a camera for my birthday. And then I got fucking jacked about two weeks later and lost my camera. Do you know what mm. I mean? So I never took photographs of anything. Yeah. Um, but even still, like, people, if they were in a crew doing bus bombing they wouldn't bring out their camera because no. the kids that they were with were probably well, well you know what I mean? and i think so, also it wasn't you know that part of the culture it was just part of what you did i don't yeah. think photos probably weren't a major part or had, i wonder when did photography hit the uk scene to be an integral thing that artists need to have because i just always thought everything was always going to be there and also I mean? it's just something you did you didn't, yeah, because yeah, you didn't think about in two years that could be cleaned. Yeah, it wasn't at the time. You're just like, "There's my painting." Yeah, no, but you, but you never, you never really thought it was ever going to be any different. No. Do you know what I mean? And it wasn't. I mean, as a kid, I knew that because we were it was a single parent family, so yeah. we didn't have any fucking money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we were broke as fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, and that was one of the reasons why me and my brother got into doing graffiti was because both of us were dyslexic and we couldn't remember rhymes. Uh, we couldn't afford decks. Yeah. Like we had to save up to get a record. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't like, so we couldn't afford decks. We couldn't rhyme. I used to body pop and beatbox, but those kind of went out of fashion pretty quickly. Yeah. And we were like, Oh, well we draw. So, uh, and I guess that's yeah and it's free we could like make our own markers yeah. uh, make inks out of shoe dyes yeah. and or suede dyes and stuff like that and then you know like people friends of ours who were proper writers teaching us how to like mix paint and yeah. things so, like that um, you know? 
before we go too deep into sorry, culture. Sorry, no, no, it's good. <laughs> it's good. I'm enjoying it. I'm getting carried away. <laughs> I want to know a bit about Brixton. Right. Because I never got to Brixton. I didn't mm. get to Brixton until maybe... You're going to laugh at me, man. I was probably like 97, right. 98. Yeah. One, I was too scared. Yeah, but it was dangerous. Yeah, it was yeah. dangerous. I was, uh, look, was Kilburn like... was fine. I'm fine up there. Mm. I did not need to go across the river. Yeah. But yeah. D- Kilburn was dangerous for us. It was, but it was my. It, exactly, yeah, but it was your. It was my Kilburn, yeah. so it was fine. It was. It was very hard for me, but still, it was fine. I'll, yeah, but even Brixton even me, even when we were in our neighbourhood, yeah. it was dangerous for us. Because yeah, exactly. Same. Yeah. Kids, we could never pretend to be tough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you saw if we if tough. we were like chucking it like we were bad, we would just get a punch yeah, in the it'd mouth. Be over. Yeah. Because the real was there, yeah. basically. Yeah. They were like, I mean, what, you think you're a bad man? Brixton was. Yeah. I mean. It was the, you know, just a wild place in the stories that went around the city. Well, I mean, when I was 11, I got, I went down Railton Road um, and I got beaten the shit out of by 20 kids. Like, I got <laughs> fucking annihilated. Just rushed for any reason or? I had, a, I had a skateboard. Okay. And they wanted my skateboard and I was not giving it up. So, you know, like I was getting punched to the floor, pulled back up. I was booting kids in the balls and nutting them and, and then fucking hitting dragged. them with my board and then holding onto my board and they couldn't get it off of me. You know what I mean? And it was like, yeah, I got fucked up. But that's, it is what it is. Yeah. Know? I mean, that was part of London life as well. Yeah. Street robberies were, it was part of your Saturday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you're on the bus, you're like, oh no, Seriously? 14 kids are on the bus. Listen, you know. man, every Saturday, it would be, no matter where you were, you knew. I don't, well, look, this was nineties for me, early nineties yeah. for me. But it's just like be ready. Right? It was just a part of life. It was part yeah. of life. People would chuck it. it was, you just learn how to run. Yeah, you learn how to run. You learn how to fight. You learn how to hand over quickly. Whatever the deal is, you know how to negotiate. Like leave me a fiver or leave me some quids. Like you take no, the rest. No, one, no one had a fiver back no then. Had a fiver, exactly. Leave me, yeah. leave me a couple of pence. Yeah, me, <laughs> I just want to get a chewy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get. A chewy. <laughs> But yeah, it was... Um, so skateboarding though as well then? Yeah, so well... So you got into skateboarding? Yeah, well, I mean, there was a kid in my in my local neighbourhood who had these like 70s like banana boards, you know, the kind of little plastic yeah, boards. with and, the points at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, we we used to borrow that off of him and then do like catamarans down the road and yep. stuff like that. And then, um, and we thought that was the shit, you yep. know what I mean? We were like, it can't get better than this, you know. <laughs> and then um, when I went to this American school, um, there was like a few kids from California who were skaters and they okay. knew how to skate. So we were instantly like, "Oh my god, they're yeah. doing crazy tricks!" Yeah, they're doing like, better than we, what, <laughs> better than the shit that we're doing this? down our road. Yeah. Like. <laughs> you know. So we were like instantly hooked, hooked, and wanted to be part of that whole thing. So, so I mean, like we were hanging out South Bank from the age of 11 when it was still um when it was still cardboard city so I, I knew all the tramps by name i knew um who the scary ones were i knew which ones were um gigolos do you know what i mean yeah, I, yeah, I knew yeah. all their scams do you know what i mean which and then you had kids who were skating there who were from all different aspects of life yeah. so you had like poor kids to Bugs Bunny money kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? When... That was um South Bank gets brought up a lot. It has been brought up a lot in the conversations we've been having. And um it's uh, well, it, well skateboarding was an art form. It was, and, and but I think it seems to be that that was like it's literally like a 
a crux to the city is, is South Bank. It's, it was such a vocal point for people through the 80s and 90s. Like such a, a place to look and learn and figure things out for yourself. What a place for it to... Yeah. It kind of like, it just met up there. Well, it was, in some ways, it was a safe haven for us, even though it wasn't. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You'd have fucking crews of kids roll through there trying to rob yeah. everybody. And, and that's a good point, actually, because London was complete. I mean, I, I don't know about London on the streets nowadays because I'm 38, but London back then, you couldn't, when, when you were part of a culture, the streets weren't that safe. No, they were The streets weren't safe anyway. And yeah. so... You're right. It must have been a safe haven. It was, yeah. and that's why people like met up there and got together. Well, because like all of the the reason why I never got into football was because all the football cunts from my neighbourhood wanted to kill us. They were like, "Skaters, kill them!" Yeah, Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and yeah. then because we were travelling the city <laughs> trying to find places to skate, um, and then because me and my brother also got into graph, and like for a long time I was only interested in tagging. Do you know what I mean? So I was trying to get sixty tags a day. And if I didn't, if I got more, then I had to do less the next day. And if I didn't get 60, I had to You get, set yourself a quota. Yeah, so I had to yeah. do even more the next day to, to keep up the, okay. that whole thing. So, so look, with you, that's a fucking nuts first 10 or 12 years. Like to you know be born out in Nebraska and your brothers be born in Chicago and come to London and being thrown into all these cultures. And then your eyes are super open. So I was just yeah I was gonna say that when we were on the bus like because me and me and my brother were talking yeah the only TV shows that were on TV was Dynasty in Dallas <laughs> so all the kids were like you American and we were like uh, yeah and he was like give me your fucking money and we were like you must be loaded and we were like well no there's poor people in America too I live in South London yeah, you know what I mean like nobody on. goes to I South wouldn't London. be in South if I was rich. <laughs> <laughs> But so you've same. had you've had these journeys <laughs> and um your eyes have been open to things and you obviously got became part of certain cultures quite young man like literally yeah. led into them and eyes open to them quite young and graffiti was that is that the main culture you think you took on for the following years because I, I i know you just you still skate in a no, way in an essence well i mean I, I i constantly look at it i mean i skated pretty much every day for 25 years yeah. and then i started sucking and i was like fuck this yeah. i'll just turn switch over but to graffiti was more important you put um, more time to it it well i don't know i, I think or is it's it about the same I, I, th I mean i was more into skating when i was younger and then i was I was just into tagging for like the first nine years of me doing just graffiti. Tagging. I mean, I, I did some track sides yeah. and whatever, but I, that was what Morning. I was. I yeah. just wanted to get D tags. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, I was such a cheap ass that I would never do tags with spray paint because I was like, I could use that little bit for something good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that it was, was constant. Pain. You know what I mean? So it was just markers. You know what I mean? And I was like, that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to. I would go across London, um, ring on my friend's doorbell. If he wasn't there, I'd go to my next friend's house, ring on their and doorbell, and then hope that I would meet yeah. up with them at some point. Yeah. And like, so I was constantly traveling. Around the city. Either I was skating or I was just on the tube or on the bus. And bombing as well. And then. tagging, tagging. You know because what I mean? Because you were so doing that and your eyes you, were open to graffiti. Yeah, so I was, I was literally... 
you could probably follow me from my house to my friends' houses. Yeah. Like, because I, I just... From those tags. Yeah. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. tag all the way and <laughs> back. You know I met I mean? you on a bus. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the bu- you were at the back of the bus. You were yeah. at the very back. Yeah. I was one seat in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you write? I was like, yeah. Yeah. I just knew yeah. it. Like, you're at the back of the bus in the corner. You must be a fucking writer. <laughs> <laughs> you're a rude boy or a writer. I'm going to try a writer. Definitely wasn't a rude boy. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I would have liked to have thought I was, but I really wasn't. I, you know, I, after getting a kicking by 20 kids, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. pretty paranoid. You well, also, that. yeah, you kind of learn your place, man. I mean, yeah. I went through that fucking shit. And I, I put some weight on my shoulders and thinking I was a certain type of person until I went through it a few many times, actually, yeah. before I actually fully realised. Yeah. Yeah. So graffiti will take that because I know you as, well, as I said, I met you on those buses many, many years ago. It's mid-90s. I think we are in Chalk Farm. Might have been on the mm. 31 bus. Mm. I remember yeah. clearly. And for me, it was a fucking pleasure. I don't, I can't remember if you yeah. knew who I yeah, was. But of course. I to remember me, you went armed as and I was like, I've seen you shit. Yeah, because yeah, I've always... You were ties to me yeah. at that time. Yeah. T-I-Z-E. Yeah, or T-I-S-E. Or T-I-S-E. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when you said that to me, I was like, oh shit. And then we, I realised, I was like, I also got your name a lot from my mutual friend, Hoare. He was yeah, my yeah. first teacher. Right, right. SHK, yeah, yeah. Damien. Uh, well, I was I was the fourth member of SHK. Wicked. I was probably like, one of the last, but yeah. Yeah, because like, but then later on, I, uh, at one point, there was like 150 people in Mate, SHK. That crew it was a big fucking, fucking crew. Nuts. <laughs> I was just like, was I remember brilliant. meeting some kid and him giving me shit. And he was like, what cruise are you in? I was like, SHK. And he was like, I'm in SHK. And I'm like, I don't even fucking know who you are. And you're trying to give so me good. shit. We're in the same crew. So you know? good, man. Crazy. So good. Really Robbie, funny. Robbie came and I saw yeah. recently. Actually, and, uh, well, I went to school with Robbie. Oh, did you? That's how uh, uh, he, he was one of my first teachers. Because he was like, because I was trying to do joined up tags. Yeah. And he was like, nah, man, you need to fucking just separate your letters until you get good at that yeah. shit. Like, he really taught me how to flow. do. Yeah, he taught. Because like, he was already in TKS. And, yeah. yeah. And that was, he was like a year below me at school. But he was already a proper writer. Do you know what Mate, I mean? Like, literally, so, that dude was a G. He, well, he lived next door to. Um, he lived next door to Yan. Yeah. That's it. Rest in peace, brother. Um, yeah. So I met Hoare, who introduced me, who told me about you, but um, he introduced me to Robbie. And Robbie lived literally from my estate to his house was like three minute walk. Yeah. Just all I had to do was cross the high road. Well, because the first thing that I ever saw of yours was in that park in Kilburn that, you know, it had like, it was like diet pieces in this like weird little park. And you had a Daz in in that park. Yeah. God, when I've got that up in there and diet was in there, I was so happy. I was so happy. So anyway, yeah, Robbie was, Hall was my first teacher and I'd visit Hall every Saturday. But Robbie, I ended up building up a really good relationship with him and I'd go around to his house in the evenings and um, I'd sit with him and he literally fucking blessed me with the Bible, man. He taught me so much. Yeah, me too. He was so knowledgeable and he taught Jan an awful lot as well. Well, he, he yeah, because um, the first time I met Jan was... Um, he was he was mad young. I, I don't even know how young it was because I was, I don't know. He I remember him cycling up to me, skidding sideways and going, "What are you write?" And because I, I was with Robbie, <laughs> and uh, he, I was like, "Ties." And he went SHK and then cycled off. And I was yes. like, "Oh, who's that?" And he was like, "Oh, that's yeah." And he's my next door neighbor. Uh, I'm get, I'm like he's fully into graph. Yeah, you know. what a beautiful man. 
really cool, amazing, cool guy. beautiful guy. So graffiti is the thing. Tagging. You're living yeah. a London life, working. What, what jobs are you getting? I mean, what, oh. how are you making your money? Because oh, so by now, well, you're I'm, out of your house by seventeen. Yeah, well, I got thrown out. Of my you got house thrown out of house. But but I started working when I was eight. Okay, yeah. Right, because um, I wanted cool shit, and my mum yeah. was like, "I can't yeah. afford that shit. You have to get a job." Yeah. And I was like, so I first started off with like local paper rounds. Yeah. Then that. it was like door to door washing people's cars. Yeah. Then we were like, "Oh, we'll uh, we'll do your garden." Yeah. And then. Then I started working, like, when I was 10, I started working in a restaurant. Uh, I was the dishwasher. I was getting paid 10 quid for six hours. Nice. Um, <laughs> but how were you surviving when you left home? So what happened? So you're out there doing graffiti. Yeah. You, you're definitely part of that culture. Yeah. You're skating. You're, you've traveled the city. You know it fully. Yeah. So did you think at that time, right, I've got this culture behind me. I love it. I've been at it for years. I fully understand youth culture. I understand the people. You've learned a lot about the people and the people's voice for your parents and the cultures you've become part of. But but I didn't really think about no, it. No, that's what it I'm was saying. Just a thing. Yeah, so that was a thing. That was just you. But you're now out in the open world and you're having to survive. And then, are you thinking about your future? Are you thinking my culture is what's going to bring me through? Or are you thinking I'm going to be like every other person in our city? I'm going to hope. Well, not every other person has their love for culture. But I'm going to keep my love for culture and I'm going to earn money and I'm going to. Well, I. At, at, the time, at the time I got chucked out of home, uh, I was doing a BTEC in graphic design at um, L- LCP, which is now LCC, yeah. Elephant and Castle. And that's where, well, I mean, me and my brother, we were kind of, because we were really toy and we didn't really want people to know that we were doing graffiti. Like, yeah. The only people that we knew who were really cool to us was Asia. Um, and my brother met Asia and Charp at a boat BFL party. Boys, West yeah, London yeah. Kings. Um, yeah. And then, um, and they, they were really nice to us. Mm. And then later on, I met like Rosa and Mint and um, and Shun, and they were really safe to us. And but by, by this point, my brother had moved to New York to go to university, and okay. so he was doing graffiti with York. his friends in New York. Right? So. He knew a kid called Drotch, uh, who was the kind of go-to person for like the whole of PFB when they went to New York. He would yeah. take them to Queens yards yeah. and stuff like that. So he was really knowledgeable, and he also went to college with a guy called Omni from um, XTC yeah. and um, stuff like that. But like he knew them, but they weren't hugely close or yeah. whatever. But um, so that so was he, his connects in New York. That's yeah. Where so he he was being properly schooled on graphs. So like when he came back, he had like a, a Queensbridge tag style. Do you know what I mean? And when I went to college, I I, I met a kid who wrote horror. He was in MTS. Yeah. And then um, a guy who was writing Shore, who ended up in DDS. Yeah. And then um, there was a guy who wrote Gem. Um, he, he was kind of slowing down at that point, but then uh, in my class was uh, Disco uh, Bob. Bobby oh, Disc. Bobby Disc. Yeah. yeah, so he was like 24 when I was 17. Okay. So, and he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he he his Hall of Fame was Crouch End. Yeah. And like um, 
no one else was allowed to paint there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He that was that his shit, spot. Man. Yeah. You know? Um. So I knew that door before I got there. Yeah. And that was it. it would even that didn't even run out by the time I got there. But it was. It was. But then. But then. Graffiti law. It's because I made friends with some of these people. And then um, at one point I kind of fell out with a couple of dudes, mm -hmm. and it didn't go that well. So. Then I went back to not telling anybody that I wrote. So when I met graffiti writers, they'd be like, oh, do you write? I'd be like, nah, no. man. I just like it. What, what do you write? Because I look at it. Yeah. I just, I'm not into so it. So you kind of, you, the years you'd put in bombing, uh, put you in a position to end up meeting others and, you know, being down with other people. You go through a few dramas with people and you're like, I've been hurt a few times here. And, yeah. and well, I've been hurt generally by people. I'm just going to take a step back. I'm going to hold my culture, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't and tell anybody. So your brother's still out in New York? Yeah, he was out in New York. Yeah. And then um, he moved to LA two weeks after the LA riots, mm -hmm. which was not the best idea. Yeah. It really wasn't very cool being white, white in, no. <laughs> in LA at that point. Yeah. And I came and I went out and stayed with him. Um, like two weeks, after, well, no, maybe a couple of months after he kind of settled yeah. down there, and I, I stayed with him for a month. And, with you. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I was I was pretty lucky for the fact that I just kind of I would work and then save up money and yeah. try to do stuff. But skateboarding um, gave me confidence because my friends were stoked say, on. When I when I would do tricks, yeah, in that of course, sense as well, and especially then, skateboarding compared then, to graffiti. Yeah, but then same with graffiti because um, even my friends who didn't do graffiti, they knew my tag and they'd yeah. be like, "Oh, I saw you there," and I'd be like, "Yes, Wicked. you know what I mean?" Yeah. Like, and that's it does and, notch by notch, man. Yeah. It's a confidence builder for sure. And like, because I had no confidence, you know what I mean? And it was um, it's difficult being human. The the growing up in the household, you know, that had a spirit of the Black Panther and, you know, I, I know there was much more that your mum did. Your mum was mm. there at the day the, the, the wall came down in Berlin, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you had all this mad energy in you, which is brilliantly inspiring. And like, you know, friends of ours have, have had political households, whatever, it's the same thing. But you saw... Well, I mean, I was going to peace marches from a baby. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, so, you, so like... you had that instilled in you, but you also, you saw real life and... Yeah no matter what you went through as well, you still had empathy for people. Yeah. And I think you're, I think that something that people really love about you, Ed, is that you, your good friends know we need to be there for you or they need to be there for you. But they also, or everyone knows that you're there for them. You are so like, you're a star in our culture. Oh, thanks. You man. really are a star in our culture. There is no one who can, it, I don't even think there's a league you can be put into for the character you are in our culture. You're integral. Like, and Thanks, man. It, I can't, I, you know, for the last 10 years, 11 years that I've been back in this city, um, I, I don't, I, I think the city would be kind of different if you weren't in it, man. If you didn't do and play your part. And I don't mean to push you up on this pedestal, but it, 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 well, I, I can think of certain it, things that wouldn't happen and the, the butterfly effect of things that you did and the way you are as a person, the butterfly effect that comes off that, things would be slightly different. Yeah, well, and I mean, that's why me, you me and my brother stopped a lot of wars in this city. You know what I mean? Like, and people don't ever really talk about that. And, you stopped uh, a lot of wars. We we stopped mad crew beefs. But you we also, were like, you, you, your crew, 
have been some of the most inventive artists to come out of the city and have stayed so true to that crew. And obviously a couple of people have come and gone. That's part of crew life. Yeah. But you, you and your brother started this one of London's best crews, and if not best crew in the league of getting these walls done to and styles and yeah, know. well, I mean, like you, you made levels happen, and that's thanks. why, that's why, and you're not just and apart from the fact that the amount of moves you did in graffiti, it's the most famous thing about you, Ed, isn't just your painting, it's yeah. you. Thanks. Within the culture, <laughs> it's you. Chapter three: Creativity. Ed tells us about working life in London and being sacked by having good friends and housemates with advice about moving forward. He tells us about setting up business with his brother and also doing the largest illegal piece in London at the time which led on to commission work. And we also talk about the importance of culture whilst dealing with life issues and the help it provides. Let's move forward a bit, right? We're in, to say for the last 10 years, you decided... Well, when I was 28, um... I basically was working in bullshit jobs constantly. Like, so I was doing retail. I was like, well, I was working in fucking, uh, in like warehouses or yeah. in fucking factories, just menial shit paid jobs. And, um, basically I was talking to my friend, um, a guy called Ossian Ward, who I went to primary school with. And, um, he was, my first kind of graffiti partner but he's now uh become like the young kind of br um he's like he's like a, a really famous uh art historian oh wow um so like we grew up together and i was sitting at his house when i was like 28 and i was looking through time out and i was just like man look at this fucking illustration it's shit it's like not even funny and it's terribly drawn, you know what I mean? And he just turned around to me and he was like, you need to shut the fuck up. And I was like, what? And he was like, he was like, look, he got really angry at me. He was like, look, man. He was like, that motherfucker went out there. He got that job and he's getting paid. He was like, I don't want to fucking see you in 30 years time going, I could have been this. I could have been that. He was like, just fucking do it. If you failed and you can say I tried, if you don't, I don't want to fucking hear it anymore. He was like, I just hear you just moaning. Yeah. He was like, fucking do it, man. And I was just like, oh shit. Oh shit. So like, <laughs> You said it now. Uh, me and my brother, were, we were working for uh, a clothing company called Maharishi at the time. And um, we both, I was working there for a year, got fired. And uh, we were both living with a friend of mine in Fulham at the time. And she was just like, fucking go on the doll. And I was like, I've never been on the doll. I don't yeah. want to go on the fucking doll. It's a trap. And he, she was like, yeah, but then you can sit there and figure out what you want to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mate, it's, she was like, yeah. I don't care. Like, the government will pay me the rent that you owe me. Yeah. So we, we went on the doll for a little bit. And then we started doing painting and decorating. And we got kind of good at that. And then... Um, uh, we we painted the outside of uh, Camberwell bus garage on the front doors, which I think at that time was the biggest illegal mural in London. 
and it was on the fucking high street. Do you know what I mean? Like, and we did it during the day. It? it took us three days. Yeah. The first day we mulchioned it. We were like, oh shit. Like that. And then the second day we sketched it up and then we were just blasting it in. It's like, there's one point where I turned around because uh, it's on the main fucking yeah. road. Like, yeah. so I turned around and there was a traffic jam and there was a, a meat wagon with like about 10 coppers all staring at me, painting this fucking thing. And I, I looked at them I was like, oh shit, and carried on, on painting like that. And then I turned around and they'd fucked off. They were like, oh, he's obviously supposed it's to be too there. big to be fucking idiot. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, what? Had they and just shut it down? Yeah, well, it they there was there's two bus garages in Camberwell, yeah. and they closed down. They were parking buses in one side, and then the side that we painted, um, there was some burnt out cars, and then there was like. Uh, some fly tipping in okay. there, kind of. Right, yeah. So it was fucked. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like their forecourt. Yeah, that was it. The forecourt was fucked, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And um, my mum wrote us like me and my brothers um, went into uh, Lambeth Council and we stole some uh, headed, headed paper. paper. And my mum wrote this like bug fucking what thing, going, it? "Oh yeah, so totally allowed to paint here <laughs> <laughs> in case we got fucking yeah nabbed." And then. Um, at this point, my mum quit um, her job and yeah. uh, became an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so while we were doing that, some guy walked up to us and he was—he looked like an undercover police right. officer. And he was like, oh, can I talk to you guys? So we like came down the ladder and he was like, oh, how much are you getting paid for this? And my brother was like, £17.50 an hour. Like... Because he was like, if I tell him 20, he won't believe me. So yeah. I'm just going to say 1750. Yeah. And we were like, why do you ask? And he was like, oh, I've got some tags on my shutters and I want the Indian monkey god on the front of my shutters. How much would that cost? And my brother was like, 400 quid, in cl- and that's including paint. And we just took scrap. He was like, oh, come and see me. We did that. He gave us 400 quid, yes. and we were like, 200 quid each. We were like, Oh, we, could get, we could get fucking paid for this shit. Ding-ding. So like we were like going around to shops going, I see you've got some tags on your shutters. Would you like <laughs> us to paint your shutters? Do you know what I mean? Like We can paint what you want. And then through doing one of those kind of things, some woman walked up to us and she was like, oh, do you do youth projects? And we were like, no. And she was like, well, can you? And we were like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So we ended up doing a youth project and then... Off of the back of that, we started doing loads of youth projects in different youth clubs. And uh, and me and my brother, we made uh, we made this booklet of photocopies. Of, yeah. um, I was doing kind of egg-shaped characters, like showing how to build up a character and how to do that. So you're that. doing like workbooks for them? Yeah, yeah. So, like, so they could take home. And we were saying to them, we were teaching kids how, like, how to hold your marker correctly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like yeah. things that right. we learned yeah, yeah, yeah. ourselves because yeah. no one taught us anything. So like me and my brother, we were like, because we started teaching young kids who were like 11, 12 mm. secrets that we'd figured out. Yeah. We started like teaching our parents, well, kids that were coming up, we were like, come paint with us. I'll teach you how to do that. Yeah. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, and I've I've always been like, people have said to me throughout the years like, oh, I really would like to learn how to do characters. And I'm like, well, come paint with me. Yeah. 
and we can sit there and I'll, I'll teach you how to do it. Yeah. And like, I'll teach you how I build up, how yeah, I paint. Yeah. And you can figure your own style. So, um, you, you got a good, you get a good response from the commissioned work you're doing on the streets, looking on people's shutters. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you get into this youth work thing, which you're still doing. You've been doing yeah. it for years now. It's yeah. But you know, I think, I think it's really important. Um, I think it, because of the whole hip hop kind of ideal of teaching yeah. uh, is is to pass on knowledge and to to kind of help people understand know. themselves as yeah. well. Yeah. But you know, like through graffiti, I, I've I've learned to become a good person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've, I'm a better person than I was. And you want to keep pushing that out there? Yeah, of course. It's it's the most. It's it can be a really positive thing. Like. I always say to people, I'm like, you can do whatever you want in graffiti. Yeah. I was like, if you want to be some bad boy fucking stick up kid, fucking yeah. do it. Yeah. Or like, if you want to be, if you want to be the best the artist king, that you yeah. can be, fucking do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can choose your path within that culture. And, and like, when I first started doing graffiti, I couldn't really draw. Mm. And I couldn't do graffiti. Yeah. And I'm like, and I've taught myself how to do it. So if I can do it, then fucking anybody can do it. I'll tell you, you what know? else, man. I think the, uh, the come up you get through graffiti and then the transferable skills are, are really wide. I didn't get involved in any other cultures. I was, I was out there as a kid and all that type of shit. Graffiti kind of took me away from it all. But everything that well, I did it gave graffiti, me direction. Everything I've done in graffiti has enabled my whole life. I remember watching an interview with you years ago, the Juices movie. Oh, yeah. All the Ego's amazing video. And he was just like, you know, he went, I remember you saying, you went, oh, man, I was like, I don't know how old you were, 17 or something? And you were like, my girlfriend's pregnant. And he was like, and you went, oh, and I realised... I painted fucking whole cars. If I can do that, and, yeah. I, and, and I, then I can definitely bring up a Mate, child. Yeah. I was you know 20, I mean? like, yeah. So that, that video, I was just 20 when I was born, and that video, I think Tylo done that in 04. And yeah, he, it, only, it was only afterwards I actually reflected. I, didn't, I don't think I realised at the time. Being a young dad, and I was 20, so I'm in the mix. I'm, I'm a teenager. It's nothing. I'm, I'm a dickhead. Uh, I don't understand anything. It was later on in life when, you know, Josh three, four years old, and I'm thinking, hang on, I think I've done this. Because also I'd started the gallery, and I knew where the gallery came from, and I think it also made me realise, oh, you managed to do this. I didn't have a dad. I had no father figure yeah. in my life. I didn't Not know what dad was. And so having but, a child who decided to be in its life, and then the decisions I made, I'm sure graffiti is what gave me the strength, because the shit I went through before graffiti didn't give me any strength at all, apart from pure nightmares and horror. Yeah. And graffiti showed me the things I was capable of, and I think I must have put the same formula to having a child. Yeah. And he's now 18 this year. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, in my darkest moments of my life, like, and I've had a lot, <laughs> <laughs> like, when I'm painting, that's all I'm thinking about. Man. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. um, somebody said, I, I've met this B-boy um, in Wales two years ago, and he was telling me a story about him. He's one of these kind of musicians that can pick up any oh, instrument yeah. and play anything. So yeah. he was in Africa doing this music thing. Yeah. And he said that uh, he was in this tiny little town where no one had shit. 
and he said this this guy sat down with all of uh, this um, these types of drums that he they had a name I, yeah. I can't remember what it was but he was like uh, he was sitting there and people started gathering around because he started playing the drums and he was looking at everybody and people weren't really that interested but they were sitting there watching yeah. him and he said that when he went into the zone where you know when you look at you, DJs and they got yeah, that kind of it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. dumb look on their face <laughs> of like or like guitarists yeah. or when people they're are doing in, art they're in, they're they're in, in the, the zone yeah, yeah. he said that they were going up to them going people were going up to him putting their thumb on his on his forehead and going like that which like kind of flicking their hand which means well done there yeah and he was just playing the drums and he said People had no money, but then they started pulling out notes and pulling out coins and giving him money. And he said it to me, he was like, you know, that's what he, that was where he's the most beautiful that he could be because he, he his ego's completely gone yeah. and that he was in that zone. And you get that when, when you, you when you're painting and you're in that zone, that that's all you. So let's quickly talk about painting. Because <laughs> fucking hell, Ed. <laughs> no one paints more than you. There can't be a graffiti writer in this country, and I'm sure we could probably look and search around quite a lot of the world. Have you painted today? You've done tags no, today? Uh, yeah, I've done tags today. You, you came to the studio, you had ink on your hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it really is a full-on daily occurrence. <laughs> and you don't just tag every day. You paint pieces. You put your heart into it an awful, an awful lot. Yeah. You did what you did at High Road last week. What High Road did you do last I'm week? Streatham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but like the... It's really funny because like a lot of uh, young dudes, they're like, oh yeah, you're a legal beagle, yeah. But a lot of my street shit illegal. is illegal. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just rock up and I start painting yeah. and people are like, oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to keep painting. <laughs> <laughs> like, what else? Like, you, know, you burn fucking walls down, man. How yeah. many, I mean, have you had a count for any of the recent well, years? Like for one year? Well, I mean, I... Well, I had a long-term relationship with a, a woman for about eight and a half years, right. and uh, she turned around to me and she was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of your, I'm tired of your ass," and she like left she me, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" And basically, she she was like, "I don't want you to be at my house at the house when I move my shit out," so I like went and got drunk and came home at like one o'clock in the morning, woke up the next morning, I went into the living room and. Like half of the shit had gone. Yeah. And I, I sat down on my couch in my pants and I was like, I've got to pay twice the amount of rent. That was. And yeah. I've got to pay all of the bills by yeah. myself. And a week ago, I just quit my job. Oh, shit. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? And I was like, right, I could sit here and cry or I could just go out and paint. Yeah. And so for that first year, I had four days off, and that was Christmas, uh, my birthday, uh, and two days where I was hungover. Um, and cause, so, three hundred and sixty-one days you probably painted for. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that was the beginning of it, and yeah. then. Well, that's I the mean, thing; it hasn't stopped. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, but it slowed down. It, <laughs> it's it's slowed not down. that no. intense anymore. Yeah. But like, I I bugged out, and like, and I knew that I was. 
I was losing my mind, but you know what I mean? You know, it's obviously, it's a sad start to the story. No, 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 but it's, it, it, I got better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, not that you were shit before, but yes, you, you got, you inevitably get better. Inevitably. But you know what? I think there's more, the other, another way to look at it, the butterfly effect from your effort. Yeah. I mean, people have been burnt hard by you. <laughs> and oh, made thanks. made people go out and have to paint. And I, I, I'm not gonna say names, but I've got theories, I've got people in my mind who I think paint as hard as they do. I think if if we could, I, I know, if we could I, chronologically I put lock it down, you'd be the start of the butterfly effect. Yeah, I mean uh, there's been a couple of people where I've said to them, I'm like, yo, you paint a lot, it's good and mm. um and they turned around to me and they, they said that I was the reason for yeah. that, like, because, because, uh, you know, I was through wind, sleet, or snow. Hey, I was just Bitch, literally have thinking. My dog, no. I, I was like... thinking in my head just now. I was just like, Ed's go, Ed goes through those days as well, where none of us can be fucked. But Ed's there. Ed oh, man, is I've, there. I've done it where I've been so hungover. I've been like puking whilst paying. Do you know what I mean? Like, where I really should have been in bed, but I knew that if I was in bed, mm. I might have done something bad to myself so this, you know what i mean like so yeah you know like with with me painting it, it it's okay i'm not dealing with certain issues in my life uh-huh. but i know that when i'm painting i like aggressive looking graffiti so when i'm angry my graffiti looks yeah. like how i want it to look yeah do you know what i mean so and then when you're not angry the piece looks like that as yeah. well it's got but that, but, yeah. it, but I, I know that I can slowly work out my problems yeah. because I'm not dealing with it at that moment, but I'm dealing with it through my artwork. And then I can then when it's too traumatic at that moment and later on, I can be like, OK, yeah. I, I can deal with it. now. You, you um, it, it's nuts what personal, you know, things that we're going through personally, people that don't know you, people that you know haven't heard this story or, you know, they're gonna. They would have thought or perceived a certain thing about you. So can I but just interrupt? Is, yeah, the, the, but it, it, it's really because I had so much fucked up shit when I was a kid, and because I was ignored at school, and because I was constantly getting beaten up, and blah blah mm. blah. Um, when I've worked with young people, um, because I've always been honest with everybody I talk to, yeah. um, young people have felt it was okay to tell me really traumatic shit in their lives. And they felt your honesty. Yeah, but they, they, were, they, were, they, yeah. Were, they were lucky because I went through maybe worse yeah. or equivalent, the same whatever. kind of yeah. thing. And, um, and I've been able to tell them how I've made myself better by, mm. um, by being creative. You, you should never give up. Well, Do you know I what I mean? Yeah. On anything. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, Nothing. I remember Arrow saying to me years ago, he was like, nothing good is easy. No. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and when I've said that a lot to young people when yeah. they're like, oh, this is long. And I'm like, yeah, it's nothing supposed good, to be. Yeah, nothing good like, is easy, man. It, it's supposed to be hard. Yeah. The reason why graffiti's cool is because it's fucking hard. Yeah. Like, it's hard work. And it's not like, it doesn't get easier when you paint. Right. Do you know what I mean? You're like, 
it's still fucking hard. Yeah, every piece. It just, every and, and, fucking piece. And I hate every 90% tag. of everything I do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. That's why that's, I paint so much yeah. because I'm like, that's fucking shit. Go and again. Like, Look at that E. <clears throat> I fucked up on the E. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that eye is fucking looking <laughs> after my E. It's not right. Like, <laughs> um, but what a fucking journey, man. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it doesn't stop, great. obviously. And you're... I mean, you work constantly within the culture. You work for the culture for youth work and well, I, you work I, with various artists and produce we, work to get paid. And I just wanted to... Uh, I, I always wanted to be part of hip-hop. I mean, I, I wanted to be part of punk and then punk English punk died mm-hmm. by 84. Mm-hmm. So hip-hop was the only rebellious music besides reggae mm-hmm. that was really teaching me about... Yeah cultures that I didn't know about. I wasn't taught about black uh, history yeah. at school right. on purpose. Yeah. And I grew up in a black neighborhood. And yeah. Also, I'm from uh, the middle of America and me and my brother are slightly mm. Native American as well. So I started reading a lot of Na- Native American history and also I started reading a lot of African history because I thought that it was my duty to learn that shit because I'm not being taught it on purpose. We're not being taught it, man. There's a, there's a whole world of education that we're not known about. And I think this is why culture is such an important thing for people to be part of because you do learn lots, you know. Yeah, but you, you learn integral yeah, but amounts. You, you, have, you, you, you learn everything from everybody. Yeah, and being part of a culture enables that because we can, you know, there's 38-year-old men out there that haven't got a a network of friends at the same as someone who's within a culture who's got a network of friends and then yeah. the richness of cultures within the culture yeah i mean but that that was the exciting thing about skateboarding and graffiti yeah. was that people it didn't matter what you looked like it was about how good you were at that thing and that you got props for that and not even if you were good at it it was just you being part of that yeah. you got props for doing your thing do you know what i mean and it was that was, you know, I. You lived that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but it was great, you know. Like when I was, when I was twelve years old, I was hanging out with Nigerian kids or yeah. kids from India or uh, rich, Turkish friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Turkish people. But yeah. I mean, London's a melting pot anyway. Mm. But you know, like. No, but we can still stay in our cubby holes, man. I know white racists. I grew up. Yeah. I grew up in Central London. I grew up in Zone Two, yeah. and I knew white racists. But yeah, but this, this, <laughs> my brother was talking about racist b-boys of like loads of kids from outside of London. Yeah. They come to London and they get robbed. So then they, they, become, they racist. become racist, but they're hip-hop they're heads. And you're like, what? What are you talking <laughs> about? Like, yeah. But look, hip-hop, but anyway. hip-hop is, yes. But that, that's, that's one th- funny thing. Like, I, I only have, like, unfortunately, like graffiti is different from any other type of art yeah. where it is a street culture thing. So yeah, there is beefs and stuff like that and which you don't get in fine art. Yeah. You know, fine you don't, artists don't go, I don't like how yeah. you painted that thing. It's the same way you, Do you don't get I mean? rock musicians yeah. doing diss tracks. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um in in some ways it it can help but it, most of the time, it's just negative. No, you know it, I mean? you're right. But the thing is, I just think the fact that it's got that part in it, it just shows you another part of real life. Yeah. 
The people, yeah, people will stand Which on your if, head or... Yeah, and so and you don't have to be negative about it and think, oh, my God, but... It, graffiti, it's just got... I don't know, and I don't always want to just talk about graffiti on this podcast, and I'm, I'm hoping to talk to people who aren't just in my culture, but this culture is fucking amazing. And I've never been a DJ, and I've never been a skater, I've never been a b-boy, but I've never known people so ra- well-rounded who've come out of a culture and can talk about so many different things, and we get interested in so many different things. And I don't know, it's just... Well, you, you have to use... I've learned so much. I mean, like, time. with with graffiti, you have to use every type of art that's ever been known to man. So, like, so you, look at, you look Bars. at... No, but you, you look at colours. So, like, I always used to say to young kids, I would be like, they'd be like, oh, I'm not very good at colourways. I'm like, look at women's dresses. I'm like, you, you look at girls anyway, but... You just know, take like, note of those, yeah. yeah there's, you got it. There's, there's crazy colour colour schemes. Yeah, there's colour you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, yeah. you know, but you can... You could learn about perspective. You learn about character design. You learn about typography. You learn about everything. It's it's a higher type of yeah. art than most other types. It's going to be art. interesting looking back in a couple of hundred years. You know, when those yeah. people get a chance to look back and see how important and integral this this culture was. Well, Listen, one final thing I want okay, to get to. Cool. Sorry, I'm just wanging. You on. must be as well <laughs> within the graffiti culture. The only person, to, well, you've you've out killed you've killed everyone with the celebrity photos. <laughs> you kill Instagram with the celebrity photos. <laughs> I went, I met, I bumped into Stephen Fry one day, and I took a shot especially for you of me and Stephen Fry. I was like, this is for Ed. <laughs> but you have got, you've met everyone. Uh, yeah, it's it's what? pretty crazy. How? Well, it, it, it started. It was actually Aces that started this. Okay, because um, we were walking from Chrome and Black when he was still living yeah. in the UK. And he was like, holy shit, look, it's um, Boris Becker. And I, and I was like, oh, yeah, it is. And he was like, you need to have a photograph with him. And I was like, yo, yo, Boris, 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 Boris. And he was like, yeah, yeah, what do you want? And I was like, do you think I could take a photo with you? And he was like, yeah, of course. And then I pulled this, like, dumbass face. And we both started laughing. And he just looked at me like, you're a dick. That photo is then, amazing. <laughs> but then, because... Because I was out all the time, and yeah. I'm really good at facial recognition. Like, yeah. I, I, I clock people, and I, I, I like. <laughs> They're classic, man. Ed, that is a fucking amazing, constant journey. Your spirit, I, I think you're still 21, man. Like, well, in my mind, I'm, uh, but but everybody thinks that they're 21. Yeah. Well, till the till they die. You embody the culture. Keep that positivity going. Just keep it going, and you're integral to the scene. So, Thank um, you, brother. I'm sure we only got half the story there. In fact, I know we only got half the story. Ed just produced so much work on walls all over the city and many others around the country and the world, actually. I don't know many other graffiti artists who managed to put so much narrative into their paintings either. He paints tizer pieces with characters, like most graffiti writers, but each one has a real story, a real meaning. That must all come from his great imagination and a great crew of friends who push each other constantly, the ID crew. He's always got artwork of group shows and he's also put on a couple of solo shows himself. He's been a youth worker for probably over a decade now. He's a DJ, which goes really well with his wide variety of music choices. The list goes on. He said he wanted to be part of hip hop. He is hip hop and more. As I said at the start, he's an animal, but definitely one of the best ones.
I'm really enjoying these and I hope you are too. So please get in contact and let me know if there's anyone you think you might want to be on here and have this conversation with me or yourself maybe. You can get to me on the Instagram at F24podcast. Have a good weekend. Catch you next week. Love your city. Love your culture.